Hey guys, welcome to the season finale of Hustle Talk Season 2. We've had some incredible, incredible guests on, and to top it off, we've got one of the best guests of all. We've got Dean Ahmed. Dean Ahmed. Thank you very much. I mean, humble it's, to be here. It's, it's crazy to have you here because um, you're, you're on The Apprentice, which is big, which is huge. Thank you, yeah. yeah. Um, and not only that, you're like tremendously young, mm. right? I mean, I think you got a lot of comments about that, 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 that you know, you're yeah, one yeah, of the youngest yeah. candidates on The Apprentice, but you're up to some incredible things. You're not only on The Apprentice, I mean, that's one big aspect of it, but also you're running a business which a lot of people are, people that are in it, they're quite old. Yeah, 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 that's right? true, yeah. So you're running a sports agency, uh, Fine Edge Cricket, and you are managing some, some of the superstars in the game. Talk us through how... We'll get into the apprentice later. Yeah, okay. But I wanna I wanna know more about how you got into sort of sure. the whole world of business and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, so look, <clears throat> I think you said it pretty much spot on. Um it, in that sort of industry, athlete representation. People are ex lawyer uh, ex players, mm -hmm. you know, people are often lawyers, so they are generally a lot older. Us I've always had a passion for sport in general, mm -hmm. um, but also business of course. Mm -hmm. So I think I was about what, fifteen, sixteen where I sort of thought I'd ignite the two together into the sports representation yeah. sort of business. Um, and then I remember at 15, 16, messaging someone on LinkedIn. Um, there were a couple of coaches, probably quite a naive, cheeky, chappy sort of message. <laughs> oh, I can do something for you. Really? Um, and, you know, luckily got a response, got a bit lucky, got my gig in the Pakistan Super League, which is, uh, yeah, which was in Dubai at the time. So I literally got them a deal, both of them, there are two coaches involved uh, with the Quetta Gladiators, which is Kevin yeah. Peterson's franchise mm -hmm. um, at the time. And yeah, I flew out in my half term, went out there, networked, as, a, as I said, as a 16, 17, well, I think, yeah, 16 it would have been, mm -hmm. um, and went out there, just networked. And, you know, four or five years later, I'm doing it full time. So, wow. you know, I'm very grateful and humbled for, so, you know, still working hard as ever though. So you're saying that your whole business has started off with you being like, it was a cold lead and you're like, let me see what happens. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I, that whole idea of being an agent, being a manager, yeah. making things happen mm -hmm. was always appealing to me. Um, I love sort of people-based stuff yeah. uh, and I wanted to do that from a young age. So if I didn't find it there, I would have done it some other way, but yeah. And so did you ever imagine it to be a business or was it always something that I, Dean, want to really sort of look after people? Yeah, I think it was always a business. As I said, I love business. I've always been that, you know, what I would consider a purebred entrepreneur. Yeah. Selling, I used to sell snapbacks at school. I remember buying That's some for, Dag yeah, 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 very yeah. weird, different. <laughs> no one very yeah. weird, different. I remember buying snapbacks at Dagnar Market for a tenner, selling yeah. them at 20 quid at school. Uh, selling sweets, the usual, yeah. and so that was always me. Uh, so it's always appealed to me, and I thought, you know, fifteen, sixteen, what's stopping me? Um, and I just went out there and did it, and you know, just as I said in Dubai, I went mm. out there and networked and grafted. Was PSL, would you say, sort of like a home for you? Uh, not necessarily, because it's only one league, and the way cricket is on now, yeah. there's leagues every single month. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but that was the start of it for, for me. Really. Okay. So that was the start. And so once you sort of got into that circle of things, did you pick up? Quickly about no, things or... I think with that sort of business, right, it just takes consistency, progression. Yeah. You can't go out there and sign 20 clients overnight. Mm, yeah. It just takes time being out there, doing good work for your existing clients, mm -hmm. and then naturally things happen. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, definitely not quickly. It takes time. Yeah. And I'd say in the last two, three years, it's become a lot more serious. And as I said, it's now what I do full time. Amazing. Sweet. And obviously, you're on The Apprentice. We can't ignore. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Right? Um, and we've seen over the start, sort of, we've been watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been watching over sort of the last sort of five, six weeks. Um, 
you've had a bit of a roller coaster. A massive roller coaster. <laughs> Tell me about it. I mean, it's it's just been <laughs> it's been an exhilarating ride. You've been yeah. in the boardroom what twice now. Three times, yeah, three times. Uh, yeah. yeah, as of uh, the roller coaster yeah. task. So yeah. pressure's on. Yeah. yeah. I mean <laughs> how how does one firstly get onto the apprentice? Yeah. But second of all, would you say that or tell tell us more about how yeah. it's been as an experience? So applying, I applied um lots of rounds of auditions, mm. you know, testing loads of different things about obviously your business acumen, but also you as a person, mm. your personality, your traits. You know, four, five, six rounds and get smaller and smaller, the talent pool. And then, you know, obviously just got the call one day and was obviously, you know, really excited, but not really, you know, half not really expecting what, what was going to happen. Mm. Um, so, yeah, massive roller coaster, as you said. Enjoyed, enjoying every minute of it uh, and, yeah, enjoying the journey. Amazing. How different is it um, compared to what you see on TV to behind the scenes? I think it's a pretty accurate representation for the most part. I think the one thing is people don't get is just how intense that mm-hmm. environment is. So, you know, obviously, depending on how far you go, you've got no phone for the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, regardless, but you've, it's such an intense environment. Yeah. You, you can't, you know, speak to any family. Mm-hmm. You're in an isolated environment. You're always in that house. Um, and, you know, you're in a bubble. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's yeah. so intense. And words can't really explain just how intense it is. Amazing, and, and like, what lessons did you learn throughout the whole process anyway that you're going to take with you? Yeah, was, was, oh. were there any sort of like, yeah, yeah, lessons? of course. Look, I, I think, you know, as the show goes on, you know, my journey will be told, um, evidently, but without giving too much away, mm. you know, yeah. I've learned so much. It, it, it's, you know, just you're around people 24 7. Yeah. Um, you're around some big personalities, some big characters, different people, different, you know, background, whatever. And so mm. naturally, you're going to learn things from a business sort of, you know, sort of uh, perspective. Obviously, I've never worked for someone before, which is yeah. an interesting thing. Okay. Um, but going in there and, you know, pitching to big retailers, you know, Halfords, all these different things, doing things, you know, in industries I would have mm. never have worked in. Mm. So, you know, making ice all these. Okay, it probably weren't my, yeah. Yeah. Probably weren't my highlight, right? But probably weren't my highlight. But, you know, that to selling tickets in South Africa. Uh, yeah. We've had a, a treasure hunt at Oxford Cambridge, selling, making a bike, like mm. these crazy things. Yeah. Met some obviously crazy contacts, but... One experience I've learned so so much just about you know so many different things. Would you go as far as saying that you would actually recommend it to someone who's actually really serious? Yeah, so for me, a big thing is self awareness. Mm, like okay. I recognise it's probably not the best fit for every single person out there. Mm, but if you know if business is your thing, if mm-hmm. you're not necessarily confident and extroverted at all, but you know if you like it and you think it's for you, then for sure go ahead and apply. That's what I would say. Mm. Sweet, but it's an intense. It's so intense. It's crazy. Like words can't describe it. Mm. And I think everyone who walks out that process, wherever you come, you know, has learned a lot, mm. yeah. uh, respectively. And you know, you come out there, and you know, you're all in a little bubble because yeah. you know, for however long you're in that environment, you're, you're you know, you're you always watch, you're always around people. There is an individual that we sort of can't miss out in this conversation, and we want to know sort of what he's really like, mm. which is Sralin Sugar. He is yeah. he is a mogul in in the business oh, world. Incredible. Um, and he's achieved some some huge accolades. Yeah, yeah. Is he different behind the scenes to what he is on TV or? No, I mean, people ask me that and I would say he's pretty accurate. It's a pretty accurate representation of what you see on TV. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, look, £250,000 is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and so he wants to judge everyone, mm. whether that means roasting them, grilling them, yeah. which is done to me at some, at, at some stages. Um, you know, then so be it. Because it's a lot of money, he yes. wants to see if that's mm. that person is going to be able to handle it, and mm. so you know. What would you do 
Say if you were in his position. Mm. So let's say, for example, okay. you were you, you, you were Lord Ahmed. <laughs> yeah. For, 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 okay. Right. Interesting. I like that idea. <laughs> right? And and it was up to you to then invest that money. Mm. Um, would you would you take a similar approach in real life? Though, having said that, if if I was on the Apprentice, I, I think my question is: Do you think it's important for someone in this position to evaluate both the business and the person? Oh, massively, and I'm massively into this. Right. For me, business. You know, I, I don't know about putting a number on it, maybe 95%, maybe all of it. It's yeah. all about EQ, emotional intelligence, yeah. people skills. Okay. Uh, and I mentioned it in the last boardroom actually about someone, but it's all about people skills yeah. for me. Um, understand emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm massively into it. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, for sure. I, if, I, if I was Lord Chuck, if I was Lord Ahmed, then I'd be testing just as much about the character than the, uh, the business plan. How would you um, get the average 20 year old to develop their um, EQ so they can be more prepared for the business world? It's a tough question. It is a tough question. It, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and do you know what? Some people I think, you know, naturally maybe have higher IQ than EQ, mm. et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if you could teach EQ, I'm not sure. I, I think it- well, Did it come naturally for you? For me, I think, you know, my EQ, yeah. Uh, for me, I, I think I'd like, you know, I hold my EQ pretty high, I'd say. Okay. But, you know, some other people have different strengths. Everyone has a different strengths. And that's what I think it comes down to, self-awareness. Mm. So for me, I was always that kid selling stuff at school, selling hats at school, selling sweets, whatever. Yeah. And that was always me, business. I love the drive, not uh, money, but the actual process of building businesses, making transactions, etc. Yeah. And so that's what, you know, that's what told me as a young 14, 15, 16 year old that Business was what I wanted to do. That was yes. my happiness. So that's what that's what I mean by self awareness. Whereas some of my sis, like my sister, you know, very mainstream academic, yeah. went to like LSE, actuarial science, works in the city, does well, mm. and that's what you know she enjoys. So yeah. fair play to her. But you know, maybe putting someone else in a business environment, you know, as I said, it's just self awareness. So people need to realize what I would say is their own strengths, and more importantly, what makes them happy, and then double down. Uh, I mean, I. It's very wise advice. Yeah, you, you, know, you know what it is. It's, it's this bit of advice is be like, it's what we we throw right at the end. So you're gonna, okay. you're gonna yeah, that's fine. That's right, fine. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're gonna have to come up with something better than this. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, I'll try not to repeat it. Yeah, this this one other individual at the Apprentice, and I don't think this person is spoken about enough. Okay. But personally, I want to know more. Yeah, more yeah, about. yeah. There is an individual who goes on with you on the tasks. Okay. And his name is gonna have my mind, but Karen and Claude. Yeah, Claude. Yeah. Sorry, Karen and Claude. Yeah. What are they actually like? Because I know I know Karen. She's a very very credible business person. Yeah. I think she's she's been part of football club. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Tottenham Hotspur. That's it. West, um, West Ham at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and so but but Claude, I've seen him previously being a very very strict and stern person mm. on the Apprentice. On the Apprentice, yeah. is is there is there a soft side to him? Maybe yeah, I think so. I mean, have, you, we, have, you, have you seen it? We generally don't see these guys off camera okay. to be honest, but. You know, they're there, and as you've seen, and you'll see it this week, I'm sure, is that, you know, they're there to test you and, yeah. you know, feedback to Lord Sugar. So, yeah, I don't know. As I said, you don't really see too much of them off camera. So, oh, really? Yeah, you don't, you don't. But I, I see But both of them are, I mean, look, both of them are so, so sharp, and we get yeah. I, I can tell that straight away. Um, Karen, in particular, is so sharp. Mm. You know, she can look like she's not paying attention, and she will know 100% of what's going on. That's crazy. Um, so you'll see that as the show goes on, but yeah, absolutely crazy. I want to I wanna dive into this conversation about cricket. Yeah, okay. Um, because I think before we started, we were speaking a bit about off-camera, how, you know, there is a lot of talk within cricket, how cricket's getting more exciting, but on the outside world, it's not... It's mm. still it's not reflecting that because even I mean I'm not sure many people know this but it is 
England's national sport, mm. right? Everyone yeah. thinks it's actually football, right? Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is yeah, England's yeah. national sport. Yeah. And this summer, this last summer that's gone by, oh, what a summer we've had! What a summer! Incredible. Right? It was one of the most incredible cricketing summers what we've seen in a long time. Um, what I want to know is before you you chose your passion, mm. did you target it towards cricket, or were you just like, look, I want to work with people, and it became cricket? I think probably a bit of both, but mainly cricket or sport in general has been something I've always been intrigued by. Okay. I've always been always watched football, cricket from a young age, and so the business side of that is something which appealed to me straight away. Do you think um, because you're Pakistani, it might have derived from your parents? Yeah, and potentially. Then... Look, no one in my family is actually massive, massively sporty. Like yeah. I probably couldn't even watch a game of cricket with my dad. <laughs> He'd probably be bored. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, you know, there's always you know I remember going to. Or was it 2010 Champions Trophy final in England? Um, oh, yeah. At Lords when Pakistan played Sri Lanka and obviously, you know, with my family. Mm. So, was yeah, that probably definitely. Was that when Pakistan won? Yeah, Pakistan played Sri Lanka. 2009. 2009 T20 World Cup. Right, Shai the 3D won it. Yeah, that was an amazing day. Or Eunice Collins, I can't remember. But yeah. Amazing day. Crazy day. So I would have been 10. But I remember every minute of it. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, tell us more about, because, you know, there is a lot of bad talk in cricket mm. because of what's happened in the past mm. and it starts from the likes of Hansi Cronje yeah um, and you know what that whole sort of spotlight on the yeah. negativity it really does shine brighter than the positives of cricket to the outside world yeah for someone in your position mm. um, you've got quite a bit of a stellar lineup in terms of your client list um, you've got some of the people from the Pakistan cricket team you've been working with Ravi Bapar right now yeah um, what happens when something like this hits the sport, especially in someone in your position? Yeah. Right? Because also, there's other disputes like the Ben Stokes uh, thing that happened over the, yeah, yeah, over yeah. the last year. Yeah, no, look, exactly. Um, and as agents, yeah. as a manager, it's particularly mm. important that we are often sometimes a sounding board for players, but mm. also we've got to advise them about what is the best thing to do. As I said, issues in the game you know, are often now... Yeah. You think back to 2010, the, the, the situation with the three Pakistani boys, yeah. Samar Bhatt, Amir and Asif, yeah. um, and you've obviously got more recent examples as well. What was your opinion on that? So I know because Amir really well. You were quite young. Yeah, I obviously, yeah, I didn't yeah. work in the game. I was obviously very young. I remember, you know, not actually understanding the whole issue, yeah. obviously, at the time. Uh, but looking back on it now, hindsight's a beautiful thing, and you think, look, someone like Mohamed Amir and just how incredibly talented he is. He, he was, was a, so young. He was a, you know, what, he 17? Was 17. Yeah. And I think, look, being in that situation, where he's come from, as I said, I know him really well, mm. and, you know, his background, and it's almost like a cultural thing as well. Mm. When your captain, when your senior player tells mm. you to do something, you do it without question. Okay. So sometimes as you know when i talk to my you know british mates about it mm. they maybe sometimes don't understand the cultural yeah. differences which you know is very important in that situation mm. it's not the same thing um but my thoughts on it i'd say look armor was a young guy yeah and he was you know all three of them made ridiculously stupid mistakes yeah um and it's awful and you know they put their country in disregard mm. but you know looking back on it i think you know sport you know, you've got to forgive. And obviously, Armour's yeah. gone on to, to still do I well think, around the world. Yeah, I think, for me, I mean, once it had happened and Armour had served his sentence and everything was done, there was still so much, you know, uh, disregard for him. Mm. And, and he, like, even now, he gets a lot of hate. And yeah. people actually sometimes say, someone like Salman Bhatt, who is playing domestic cricket right now, they're saying he was captain. Yeah. He shouldn't be allowed a chance. But mm. for me, if you're going to give one guy a chance, then you give all three of them a chance at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Um, and, you know, there are talks of Samar being in Tesco for the Australia tour right now. And, 
you know, if he's good enough, he's good enough. So you've either, you've got to be consistent. Either say ban them all for lifetimes, or yeah, you judge them on their skill. Yeah. I I'm actually gonna test you here. Okay. You've been watching the game for how many years now? Oh, I don't know, as long as I can remember. But okay. you know. <laughs> so I, I've I've been watching the game since I was about 11, 12 years old. Okay. And I'm only about a few years older than you. Okay. So, best batsman, best bowler, best okay. rounder, all formats since you've been watching the game. Okay, interesting. Um, best all rounder for me, Jack Callis. I'll tell oh. you why. Oh, you know what? I, you know the thing is, I thought you know I was hoping you were gonna don't say don't say anyone else but Jack Callis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I'll tell you what. I saw a statistic the other day. Yeah. And his batting and bowling stats are on um, par with Tendulkar yeah. and wow. uh, you know the the greats, Brett Lee. Yeah. And as an all rounder, do that for so many years consistently. You team on your insane. body. He and to insane. do that for so long as a great is, is I think he's almost I know he's massively rated but I still think he's underrated that's how much I yeah. I, I thought you were going to say something who did you from, think I was going to say I thought you would say someone like Ben Stokes okay right? no. but, or, or you were going to say someone <laughs> like I don't know someone in India yeah right and yeah. I was like no we're going to have a dispute about yeah, this yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, I, I, can't, I can't have a dispute with you now yeah. I mean. <laughs> okay. I'm sure you will soon <laughs> best batsman Oh, obviously, people talk about the Sachin and Dorcas. All, all like, formats? No, not all formats. It has to be one batsman, all formats. Okay, I'd say you look at someone like AB de Villiers. Why are you in the same ones as me? It's pretty hard to look past. <laughs> but you can't um, look past AB. Yeah, all formats. It's all pretty formats. hard to look past. Okay, I think going. the hardest one is the bowler. All formats. It's a hard one. Who, who do you think? See, I was going to go for the all three of South Africa. Okay. And say Del Stain. Yeah. But a part of me also wants to say someone like I thought James Anderson was great yeah yeah you think about all three formats Anderson has he dominated the no, right ball game probably no. not um, yeah, it's hard to say really but Brett Lee's got to be up there yeah that's um, Mitchell Johnson have you, know. you watched um, any Indian players train live yeah yeah a few I mean, what, what's your do you think Virat Kohli will surpass Sandorpa yeah, I, I think Do so. you think he's an incredible this, this player? This guy's just a, a beast. This is going off track and yeah. you can edit out. Did you watch the Pakistan-Australia game, the T20 game? Just now? Just the third one. I no, I didn't watch it, but I obviously still stats. So, I, 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 watch, I woke up in the morning and I catch some of the game and there was four, they need 40 of 24. Mm. There was three wickets down. But technically, this should be a hard game. Mm. And there was Steve Smith mm. at the crease. And no word of a lie. As soon as I started watching it, it was just, he was, Amir didn't, in that over, he did not bowl a bad ball. Mm-hmm. No delivery was poor, and he hit him for six fours. No, four fours in a row. Yeah, the guys, the guys. He are is he he is not human, Steve. Smith. Yeah, he is ridiculous. So talented, and you know what? The average, the stereotypical traditional cricket coach expert would say, you know, he, he his technique is awful. Yeah, which is the funny thing of it. Yeah, because he produces the results, and that's what's important. Are you going so, to the IPL next year? Maybe, maybe so. We'll see, but probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, would you say that the IPL is like the Monaco Grand Prix in Formula One? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, best we, prices for the players. Yeah, we should. Um, we should definitely. We in. should definitely go over there and link up. Definitely. Um, yeah. We we like to end the show on on a discussion of success, mm. right? Because for you, you might be in a position where you know you may feel you've not reached success, but other people will look up to you and be like, "Look, this guy is yeah. successful." Um, so Asim asks the question usually about yeah, success. Yeah, so what's your definition of success? And for okay. being such a young entrepreneur that's seen some success yeah. in life, what would you, you say um, resulted in your success? What would you say is, is the best process to go about success? And 
Yeah, okay. So I think it comes down to a few things. Obviously, firstly, thank you for, you know, it's humbling to be called successful. Um, in terms of how to go about it, mm. I think everyone has to consider what their best strengths are and more importantly, mm. what makes them happy. Mm. I think nowadays, and especially, you know, as young 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 people who might be watching this, yeah. it's very easy to jump on the bandwagon of, oh, I want to be a businessman, lots yeah. of money, Ferraris, the watches, mm. the lifestyle, exactly. which, you know, is never going to work. Mm. It's mm. not sustainable. Um, you could be good at something, but if your motive, in my opinion, mm. is money or the cars or whatever, it's not sustainable because yeah. when it comes, if you're going to get to the top 1% yeah. in, in yeah. the industry, you're going to have to work those mm. 15, 16 hour days yeah, and when your motivation is money, mm. it won't work. So my advice in that sort of regard would be find what you're good at slash what makes you happy mm-hmm. and double down on that. And the way the world is now, technology is crazy. You can find You could be good at, or you could, you know, something like Harry Potter or yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. whatever someone is interested in, yeah. you can then make money on that. Some regard, whether you start a blog and monetize yeah. that and do all these different things. And that way is the most, um, most, well, in my opinion, will make you the most successful because that will make you the most mm. happiest. Mm. When you were growing up, yeah. Who did you look up to? If you don't mind me asking. I don't know, did, did you look up I didn't really have any inspirations or role role models. As a yeah. young British Pakistani, yeah. there was no one really out there who was obviously there were people out there in their own mm. industries, but for me what I wanted to be, there was no one really out there. See, I I, I, I wanted to start on a completely different topic. We'll be here for hours though, but I don't mind God. Um, <laughs> do you think that it's harder for British Pakistanis to do well in business? Oh, it's a tough question, it's a good question. Do I think it's harder for a British Pakistani to succeed well, in business? Generally, ethnic minorities. Yeah, it, here in this country, yeah. I think so, yeah. And the statistics don't lie. Um, there is an unconscious bias. Okay. Mm. Uh, I think the statistics Can't really you know, show that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether you like it or not, you know, I remember reading statistics, if you've got, you know, a BAME surname, yeah. you're 70% or something, you're less likely to get yeah. into or through the first call, whatever, which is crazy. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, there is an unconscious bias, in my opinion. Okay. But, you know, yeah. Okay, I mean, I'm glad you're part of uh, someone who's breaking that stereotype as well. Thank and just, you, yeah. um, it's it's always good to see like young entrepreneurs that are Asian or have yeah, an ethnic yeah. minority, minority that are just breaking through glass ceilings. Yeah, um, so it's yeah we had this conversation early on the season about glass ceilings. Yeah, and we we well, my point was, and you can definitely dispute it if you want. Mm. I believe that the glass ceiling is present, but it's not as hard as what people think. And I think the harder layer of the glass ceiling is put on yourself. Mm, what do you mean? Go on. Okay, so for example, you can either accept that it's hard for you and then not try or not try harder. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that is the sort of the the facade that you've created in your mind that you know what, it's hard for me anyway. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm gonna fail anyway. Yeah. And I think that is the ultimate glass ceiling that is a lot easier to remove, but it's in the it's mindset. Yeah, and I, I I'd agree with that hundred percent. Fair enough. There's, yeah, it's di- look. It's difficult as a as an ethnic minority. Mm. I, I do. I mean, mm. even away from business or succeeding in life, growing up socially, yeah, it has so many challenges. Yeah, and people, in my opinion, you know, people underestimate. There, there are a lot less British Pakistanis in Essex. Am I not wrong? Yeah, there are a few, but yeah, it's obviously you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you must. <laughs> There's be, not many. Yeah, it's not um, as diverse as London. Put it that way. What are the future plans of of finance cricket? I mean, beyond the Apprentice and. Yeah. I mean, you must be so so young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you must have some major, major plans. Right? Yeah. So without giving too much away, <laughs> right? What is what is it that you've sort of set out to achieve? Well, I think for me, 
business is what makes me happy so okay. i'm going to obviously diversify cricket is one thing I'm, although i'm young people yeah. don't realize i've been doing it for four five six years so yeah. you know i'm very experienced people know me in the game i've got my clients etc yeah. etc so you know continue dominating that a couple of years hopefully we'll be at the top of the game and then you know if i can then diversify other yeah. sports talent in general mm. uh, whether that be film celebrity music etc all about that sort of stuff but at the same time you know i want to diversify other businesses you know yeah, whether, the whatever it be because that's that's you know that's what makes me happy if i'm busy those 5 a.m being up at 5 a.m or coming home at whatever mm. time mm. And, and stressed and trying to do a hundred things, that's what makes me happy, being busy. You like to be in the process yeah. the whole yeah. time. Exactly. Well look, we've we found it nothing but absolutely amazing having you. Definitely. I think you were like you're the perfect fit for someone yeah. to come in season finale. We had this one other guy who was a lawyer. Yeah. Right? And we were like, um, do we really want to do this? <laughs> we can bring him on some other day. But um no, I think you're absolutely perfect fit. Um uh, we wish you nothing but the best of luck with the apprentice. Obviously when this is released you guys will know yeah yeah i haven't yeah. spoken about it too much so far if you want to so, dive into it i don't know um no i mean look we <laughs> i mean we, we we've loved it the thing is that we give it too much away yeah yeah fine. right um we want the people to get to know you uh, from the apprentice but also know the person that's behind the apprentice. Mm. So yeah of course more of course. more than more than you know the person who's on the apprentice more than the person who's been being grilled in the boardroom because I'm pretty sure that there's been times where you've grilled other people in the boardroom. Yeah, you've you, you got to in yeah. that process. You've got to, right. you know, at the end of the day, everyone gets fired at one, mm. at one point, right? Yeah. So, or you have, you, have you fired someone, by the way? Have <laughs> I fired someone? No, no, no. Have you no, not? No, 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 oh, it's no. so hard. My point is, so let me rephrase that. They didn't come out right. But, you know, say that person who went in week one, yeah. you never see them again. Yeah. So, in the show sort of thing. So, yeah. you've got to protect your back. A lot is at stake. And yeah. You don't want to be that person. You want to stay in that process for yeah. as long as possible. And obviously, the aim for everyone is to win it. So, mm. it's crazy. It's so cutthroat. Mm. It's so cutthroat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, have, have you, when I say have you fired someone, have you actually fired someone in a business ever? No, no, no. Have you no, not? Never, never, never. I've got a, a small, tight-knit oh, company, okay. not massive workforce, but... Yeah, not yet. Hopefully never. Yeah, that's, that's, hopefully, that's what you should have. Hopefully that's never. Plan, yeah. um, but look, we've uh, we've definitely loved to have you. No, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, and I think um, grateful to have to we be. we will definitely make sure that we catch up the community, get to know you more and whatnot. Uh, we do have some plans. I'm not sure if uh, when we'll execute, but hopefully in the new year, where we are doing a hustle talks live. So nice. we're bringing on our top five or six um, live tickets and everything. Um, and we're not quite sure yet, but logistically, if it works out, oh, we'd love to have you back. Be, I'd love to be. I'd love to be part of this. Yeah. Pleasure having you on. Though. No, thanks very much. Yeah, no, very well, grateful for having me. Yeah. Sweet. Um, okay, guys, thank you so much for watching this entire season. We hope you liked it with everyone that's come on. Um, we've loved serving you, and hopefully, we'll be back for another season very, very soon. God bless.